You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. It is Wednesday, March 29th, just days away from the Red Sox home opener at Fenway Park. They take on the Pirates that day in interleague play. And we're joined, as always, by Ian Brown, our Red Sox reporter. It's Matt Wehmeyer, pinch hitting for Tim McMaster this week. And, Ian, we appreciate the time and uh, some uncertainty, uh, Ian, with that 25th uh, spot on the roster right now because uh, we have some, uh, some health issues going around, which are kind of complicating things. Uh, Josh Rutledge headed to the 10-day DL, and uh, Mitch Moreland has been uh, shut down with the flu. And also, uh, you know, Hanley Ramirez's shoulder is not quite up to par in terms of uh, playing the field. He's hitting okay, but the field is a different story. So how does this whole thing uh, shake out, given all the the aches and pains and the flu bugs going around with regards uh, to that 25th spot on the roster? Yeah, man, it's become a little confusing just because, look, the whole spring, you know, we were kind of under the impression that, uh, Josh Rutledge was battling with uh, Marco Hernandez for that 25th spot, that last uh, bench player spot. And then uh, what happens is, you know, Rutledge, who was just learning how to play first base, by the way, uh, he strained his hamstring in the game in Bradenton on Tuesday. Um, so now, like in a vacuum, you would just say, okay, uh, Hernandez will replace Rutledge. The Hernandez has hit about 450, I think, this spring. He was at a great camp, and uh, they would just slot them in. But now, because uh, more, not only is Hanley can't play first base right now, but uh, Mitch Wallen has this flu thing where he's being quarantined for three days. Mm. So you can't be certain, at least, that he's going to be able to play opening day. So that leaves Brock Holt as the only guy on the roster who even knows how to play first base. So now the thinking is that they might have to take um, somebody besides Hernandez because Hernandez can't play first, say, uh, Steve Selsky, who had a really good camp and was just uh, sent down a couple days ago. Uh, so that's kind of where, uh, you know, or a, another right-handed hitter like a Devin Marrero uh, to complement the team better. So that's kind of where they are right now. And they'll probably, I would think they'll make this decision, uh, you know, the next couple of days. Yeah, it's it's going to be a very uh, interesting one. And uh, the, the Moreland uh, flu thing, uh, I mean, everybody gets the flu, but to be quarantined for three days, is this more serious than initially thought with them? Yeah, no, it's just, this, is a, this is influenza. This isn't like, you know, flu-like symptoms. This is the D-flu. And uh, the team trainer has it also, Brad Pearson, and he's been quarantined from the team also. And quite frankly, uh, the Red Sox are worried uh, that this is going to spread to other guys on the team. And, uh, you know, Mookie Betts wasn't, he wasn't supposed to play anyway today, but he wasn't feeling so well today. Um, so, yeah, you just hope that uh, opening day is Monday that uh, this doesn't just start um, spreading like wildfire. You know how how much time these guys uh, spend around each other. Yeah, one, one guy gets it. Next thing you know, half the clubhouse is hit. So hopefully that uh, fate will not befall the Red Sox uh, before Monday, but uh, we'll see. It'll be a very interesting weekend, to say the least. Uh, and transitioning uh, from that uh, to the bullpen situation, of course, as we know by now, uh, Tyler Thornburg, uh, he was expected to be the eighth-inning bridge to uh, Craig Kimbrell. Uh, he's now hurt, as he still has not pitched since uh, March 1st. The Red Sox gave up a, a pretty penny to get him in the offseason uh, from the Milwaukee Brewers. And is there a fear that this is Carson Smith the sequel, or is this a little more benign and, and he should be okay? What's the thinking here? Yeah, it's not Carson Smith because, look, Carson Smith was uh, an elbow, a forearm injury. As we know, those often lead to uh, Tommy John surgery. So this is a shoulder and, uh, you know, Joe Kelly had a shoulder impingement early last season. Uh, he bounced back fine. He was throwing 98 miles an hour uh, down the stretch. So they think that Thornburg is a similar thing. And uh, it sounds like you know, he was just trying to do a little bit too much, too fast. 
Um, he got the dead arm kind of early in spring training. It might have had something to do with the, the shoulder program. The team has guys on it. Take some guys, new guys that come to Boston from time to get used to that. Uh, whatever the reason was, um, he and then he was pushing it because he's a new guy on the team and he wanted to make sure he was there for the team. And he admitted today when I talked to him that you know, maybe he pushed this a little too fast. But now that the decisions were made to put him on the deal, he can now take his time. Uh, don't throw for 10 days at all. And then just see how he feels after that. So I think that he thinks they can nip this in the bud right now. And that's certainly so that's, the hope. Yeah, absolutely. That's certainly the hope as uh, he was being relied upon to be that eighth inning bridge to uh, Craig Kimbrell. So, uh, Ian, uh, until Tyler does get back, I mean, what are we looking at here in terms of an eighth inning guy? Is it mix and match? Is it, is it Barnes spot? Is it Joe Kelly's? What do you think? Uh, as far as the eighth inning, I think I'll start with Joe Kelly as the main guy in the eighth inning. And if Joe can get the job done, he can keep that job. If not, you know, they'll mix in Heath Henry, they'll mix in Matt Barnes. You know, they're, the Red Sox are bringing camp for three lefties here in the bullpen. Um, as it was announced today that Robbie Scott uh, will be that third lefty joining uh, Robbie Ross Jr., Fernando Abad. So maybe even mix and match a little bit with lefties if the team has a bunch of lefties. Yeah, absolutely. You know, coming up with the Red Sox to mix all lefties. So they're going to see how this plays out. But certainly Joe Kelly right now, they, they'd like to see him, uh, you know, grab hold of that. Yeah, I mean, uh, Joe, has he's always had the stuff. That blazing fastball hasn't always quite put it together, but did show some promise in a bullpen role last season. Maybe that translates to a full successful uh, 2017. And what about, uh, you know, any any possibility at all, and I think the answer is no to this, but could this maybe open the door for a guy like Kyle Kendrick, who has pretty much been the Red Sox best pitcher all spring? He was just sent down to AAA Pawtucket, but with uh, Thornburg on the shelf for an indefinite amount of time here, is there at least a chance maybe they, they stick Kendrick in the bullpen there or, or maybe not quite yet? No, I mean, like I said, they, they selected uh, Robbie Scott today. So the bullpen is, is filled up now. The only reason, the only way Kendrick would make this, you know, the rotation is if they decided that, you know, Drew Pomerantz wasn't quite ready. But the way it looks right now, uh, you know, Drew is going to, uh, Drew's going to pitch Monday down here in Florida. The same day the Red Sox are opening their season, he'll pitch on the backfield down here. That's his final ramp up. And then the plan is for Drew to pitch uh, Sunday against the Tigers. That's the sixth game of the season. Um, so Kendrick will pitch the, the last breakthrough league game here uh, at Fort Myers on Thursday against the Nationals. And then uh, he'll start the season at 5 Kentucky's uh, opening day starter, I would think. Yeah, I would think so, too. And it's it's a great insurance policy for any team to have a guy that has big league experience, a guy that had a successful spring to stash him down in AAA because it, you know at some point he is going to be needed. He is going to start games in a Red Sox uniform. It's only a matter of when. Uh, so we'll see when that time comes uh, for Kyle Kendrick as he has had, just like we said, a fantastic uh, spring training. Ian, want to get your thoughts on uh, Blake's Whitehart. He was also sent back to AAA, and I – you have to feel for the guy because I think on any other major league roster, he has to be part of that of any team's catching tandem. Squeezed out uh, on the Red Sox by Sandy Leone and Christian Vasquez. I know the Red Sox said that uh, Blake is not a finished product just yet. Elaborate on uh, what they mean by that. Yeah, just a few more things with the catching technique. And look, this guy missed a full year of catching pretty much uh, last year because, look, he started as the team's opening day catcher and then. Uh, you know, they, they pulled the plug on it uh, so they could finagle the roster and get Christian Vasquez back. And then Swihart then switched positions, played left field for the year. Then he ran into a wall, uh, banged up his ankle, playing left field. So he just he lost that whole year of catching. This is a guy who kind of became a catcher sort of late in his baseball development. I think when he went to college, he wasn't one of those guys 
and grew up catching his whole life. So he's still relatively new to the position, so just some little nuances. But look, they're very, they think that he's made a lot of progress as a catcher, and they actually like what they saw this spring, but you have the three catchers, so why not uh, let him get uh, a little more seasoning, some more reps with his work behind the plate, uh, just to brush him up. But, you know, we're going to see him in Boston at some point this year, and maybe in a, even in a prominent role behind the plate for the Red Sox. Yeah, I would seem to think so. And it's, you know, you can't tell Sandy Leon that he's not on the team after what he did last year. Christian Vasquez's defense has always been great. The hitting has been better. That's always been his bugaboo. So, unfortunately, uh, Blake Swihart is the guy that's the odd man out right now. But I think, you know, we all agree he is going to be in Boston, uh, hopefully sooner rather than later. Uh, Ian, to wrap up here, a couple of random spring training topics I want to throw your way as this is the final spring training podcast before opening day 2017. Every team, no matter what year, you know, what camp, what team it is, uh, there's always a deep bond or friendship that develops between two players, and it's what I like to call and other people like to call a bromance. So what (laughs) bromance have you seen blossom in Red Sox camp over the past month or so? Yeah, I would have to say the Brock Holt, uh, Andrew Benintendi uh, bromance. These guys are calling themselves the Flow Bros uh, with their long hair and they're they're tweeting love notes to each other and stuff. So it's been pretty amusing to watch. So I would have to say uh, Brock Holt taking the young, uh, taking the rookie Andrew Benintendi under his wing, and those guys seem like they they hit it off quite nicely. Interesting bromance there. Who's got the better flow in your eyes, uh, Brock or Andrew? Yeah, I think uh, Brock Holt gets a better uh, natural flow, but hmm. you know, Benatemi is is working on it. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. A competition that we look forward to seeing develop yeah. all season, no question. Um, Ian, give me a guy, a minor leaguer, whether it's uh, you know one of the top prospects that uh, Red Sox fans know by heart, or maybe a lower level guy that's uh, kind of come on the radar rather unexpectedly. Somebody that's uh, surprising people and turned some heads this spring. Yeah, I would say uh, Marco Hernandez. Look, he did a, a decent job as a utility guy last year when he was had some stints in Boston, but um, they really love the way that the, the shape he came into this spring and the way he's really make, making things happen every time he's playing um, with his speed, with hitting the ball in the gaps, with his ability to play different positions. And uh, John Farley made the comment that he thinks that he could start for a lot of other teams. And this is the guy that they, trade, they got you know, trade for Felix Dubron a few years ago with the Cubs. And uh, so I'd say uh, Marco Hernandez has really raised you know, his stature. And the only problem is he's, he's kept Brock Holt. Uh, he was one of the best utility people in baseball and is also a left-handed hitter kind of in front of him and uh, blocking his points in the big leagues at this point. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Marco, as you said, hitting, uh, I think, well over 400 uh, this spring. So hopefully if a place is found for him on the Red Sox roster at some point this season. Uh, we'll see uh, what happens there. And, Ian, I think that the answer to this next question initially would have been Pablo Sandoval, but now I don't think quite as much. The question being, judging from fan response, uh, you know, on Twitter and other forms of social media and questions that you get uh, in your inbox, a player that, you know, fans were concerned about that, you know, maybe he's not having a great spring, not hitting well, not pitching well, whatever the case may be, and they're worried that's going to translate and carry over into the 2017 season. Based on feedback from Red Sox Nation right now, who is that one guy that fans are maybe a little irrationally uh, concerned about? Yeah, you know, without a doubt, it is uh, it's Drew Pomerantz. Because, look, uh, you know, Drew had, uh, you know, they, they made that trade, trade with the Padres last year and made the all-star team and didn't pitch up to quite what Red Sox fans were expecting. And then there was that total report that came out about the Padres not being completely forthcoming with the medical updates and even the report that the Red Sox had a chance to 
we shouldn't have traded and they didn't. Um, so fans, uh, you know, haven't been very patient through the spring. They're realizing that Red Sox brought him along slowly by design this spring. And John Farrell even said to Dave Dobrowski early, let's not judge Drew Pomerantz by how he pitches the first three or four times in spring training games because he's just regaining a feel uh, after sort of spending most of the spring kind of uh, just gaining some arm strength back in that left elbow. So I think that Drew is actually in a position to have a pretty good year here, and that fans should think about just giving him a chance. Uh, this guy played hurt last year. Nobody gave him any credit for that. So maybe just be a little more patient with Drew Palmer and see what kind of success he has before you just automatically assume that that was you know, a bad trade. Yeah, he's going to be a big X factor for the Red Sox this season. I think everybody is in agreement about that. And he pitched uh, earlier today, as we're talking here on a Wednesday. The numbers, again, like you you know, alluded to, don't jump off the page. I think four innings, five hits, three runs, you know, nothing great. But as you said, you really have to put the, the numbers on the back burner as uh, he is still rounding into form. And hopefully uh, by the time he's in a, you know full swing for the regular season, he is the pitcher that the Red Sox thought they were getting uh, last year in that trade with the Padres. And um, Ian, to begin to wrap up here, a lot of new faces uh, on the 2017 Red Sox. Among those, uh, the newcomer that you have enjoyed interacting. Yeah, probably Mitch Moreland, uh, just a very friendly, nice guy, very straightforward. Uh, kind of no BS, very polite, uh, just that southern, uh, southern twang there. Uh, yeah, Mitch has been a joy to deal with so far, but uh, they've all been fine. Yeah, it sure, it sure sounds like a, a fun bunch, and uh, hopefully uh, Mitch has got uh, antibiotics and chicken soup in his system <laughs> as we speak because we need him back on that field uh, ASAP. Uh, Ian Brown, great stuff as always. We thank you for the time, and uh, we're going to end this a bit differently than in previous weeks as uh, you, Ian, had the chance to sit down with Red Sox manager John Farrell to discuss the upcoming season for the 2017 Red Sox. Let's air that interview right now. John, second spring in a row. Star Ace here. Uh, this, this year it's Chris Sale. Uh, just uh, after being around Chris for the last uh, six weeks or so, you know, what excites you most about getting to see him pitch every fifth day this year? You know, in addition to the obvious things, uh, you see the stuff in which comes out of his arm, the three pitch mix. I think what excites us is the competitive nature that he is, uh, how uh, diligent his work is in between starts. But you know, you watch a guy interact with others, others in the clubhouse, and he's, you know, he's a down-to-earth, genuine guy. But it's almost like that switch gets flipped once he walks across the, the foul line and, and takes his place on the mound. So uh, that, to me, is one of the things that really stands out about this camp. And just because of what uh, David Price means to this team, you know, how concerned are you just about you know, what you're going to be able to get from him? Uh, not just so much in the short term, but just kind of like in the long term for the season. You know, Ian, I think anytime you take one of your core players out of the mix, uh, there's a void. Uh, they're going to be missed. The contributions, particularly when you look back to what David gave us last year, a high number of quality innings. And right now, we don't know, sitting here today, how many innings he'll be able to pitch for us this year. We fully expect him to come back to us. Uh, but I'd love to sit here and tell you the date in which that will be. So uh, the way we have to approach this is that He'll be with us when he's first available uh, and, and with the ability to make a major impact to this team and certainly the rotation. What, uh, talking about the lineup, you know, what can Red Sox fans expect, you know, lineup without David Ortiz kind of, kind of this year? It seems like it's still a pretty good, uh, pretty good lineup. Well, we're very excited about the group that's here. Yes, David's going to be missed. We know that. Uh, but when you, when you look at the overall athleticism, you look at the overall depth uh, to our lineup, and there's a scenario that has, uh, like Pablo Sandoval hitting down in the 7-8 hole. 
uh, a full year of Andrew Benintendi, I think, is going to be an exciting one in and of itself. And, and the constant growth of, of the younger players, and that's Bogarts, it's Betts, uh, Benintendi, as we talked about, uh, Jackie Bradley. So I think the athleticism, and I think one thing that our fans have really grasped onto or identified with over the past couple of years is that uh, this is a team that can score runs in many different ways. Uh, you know, the athleticism allows us to run the bases more aggressively than maybe teams compared to, to a number of years ago. So uh, the overall depth and the young athletic approach that our guys have. And, you know, you mentioned Pablo. Everybody was excited when he got to camp, just how much better he looked. But more than that, just seeing the way he's played this spring, how, how much does that excite you for him being a top, I guess, comeback player of the year type of candidate? Well, he's he's had a resurgence in his own way, and, and it's been great to see because, you know, we talk about a, a reconditioned body, but I think the, the energy in which he's displayed, uh, whether it's been on defense, whether it's been on running the bases, and certainly the way he's swung the bat, the bat speed has returned. Uh, his at-bats against left-handed pitching have been more consistent than what we've had to compare against the last couple of years. Uh, so he, he's playing with a chip on his shoulder. Uh, and I think more than anything, given the two years he's come through, uh, it says there's a sense of pride in there that is shining through and it's showing its way through. So uh, we're looking forward to him maintaining that as we go deeper into the season. And you have one of the most exciting players in the game in Mookie Betts. Obviously, a, a breakout year last year. You know, you know, How do you look at Mookie? Kind of going into this year. Well, it, he's gonna he's gonna be one of those players, and is one of those players that that, that people will come and see him specifically. And uh, uh, he's always doing it with a smile on his face. Uh, he's still the genuine, inquisitive personality, despite the success that he's had at the big league level. Uh, but when you consider the, the power, speed, the defense, he's an entire package as far as an elite player in, in, in the major leagues. And uh, along with Dustin Pedroia, who's really the, the the holdover leader in our team, on our team from so many players that have come through with so many successful players. But in addition to Mookie Betts, that's a pretty dynamic pair that we look to as everyday position players to lead our club. Thanks, John. Okay, Ian. MLB.TV Premium, the number one live streaming sports service is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.TV Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go. Every night, on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.TV for details.